Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by Green Mountain Dental Group. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, today we're talking about the Arizona game tomorrow. Um, pretty excited to see what happens. Uh, feel feel really good about the Buffs' chances. Honestly, like in terms of like confidence going into a game, so far this season, this is the one that I'm most confident in for Colorado. Um, you know, UCLA... There was the unknown of, I mean, just about everything that was going on with the team. You know, not only do you have a new coach, a new quarterback who was recently playing safety, you're also losing LaVisca Chenault. Uh, You don't have Alex Fontenot. And sure, we'd heard, like, good things about Sam Neuer, and most people chose not to believe them. And I honestly don't fault anybody who went that route um but we had no idea what to expect from Jarek Broussard despite hearing good things about him too um so with all those question marks like I still thought Colorado had a good shot but you know the unknowns week two Stanford again unknowns um felt like a win should be on the way um the next week San Diego State the lack of preparation, only having two days, that's on your mind. This week, though, you're playing Arizona, the, the worst team that you have played to date this season, um, and you're going into the game 3-0 and with three pretty impressive performances. And, yeah, you know, that's where we are. We're going to dig into some of the specifics, you know, what, what to watch out for with Arizona, and uh, that's the plan for the day, for the day. Yeah. Um, before we do that though, let's talk real quick about Green Mountain Dental Group. Uh, they do incredible work. They're conveniently located just 15 minutes away from downtown Denver in Lakewood, Colorado. And, uh, there's a whole lot to like, you know, they're family owned. They do good work. Uh, you can get yourself a free Sonicare toothbrush with the purchase or yeah, I guess, well, the purchase, I guess would work, but like by scheduling a cleaning x-ray and exam from Green Mountain Dental Group, it's a great deal. Take advantage of it. All right, so um, where to start? Well, it's football, so let's start with the quarterbacks. And uh, Colorado wins this matchup. You know, I was really high on Grant Gannell coming into this season. I thought that when he took over for Khalil Tate at various points in last season, like whether it was, you know, because of injury or like a change of pace thing or, uh, you know, all sorts of stuff. Greg Canel got quite a bit of playing time and he looked, he looked good. He had all the tools, you know, he wasn't quite like Jaden Daniels level or Keaton Slovis level, 
but he did look like a, a good young quarterback who should be taking a couple of steps forward. And uh, we haven't seen that. We haven't seen that so far this season. Um, he's struggled. That whole offense has struggled. And, um, you know, the truth is at this point, you feel very confident saying that the better quarterback in this matchup is Sam Neuer. Now, there's more to it than that because Grant Gannell was hurt early on in the game last week, and um, we don't know what his status is for this game. Last we heard was earlier this week that um, his status for this game is up in the air and his status for the rest of the season is up in the air. So not all that helpful, um, but obviously you don't want to like root against the guy, but it, it would be good for Colorado um, in terms of their just odds of winning if he doesn't play. And, um, you know, looking at the numbers, wow, he only threw one pass and completed it last week. But against Washington, 27-39, 259 yards, a few touchdowns. 24-36, 286 yards, three touchdowns. You know, looking at the numbers, the numbers are a lot better than I expected having watched him play a little bit. Um, so, you know, something to pay attention to. Um, his replacement um, last week after he got hurt was Will Plummer. He's the guy we'd see if Grant Gannell can't play um, in Gunnell's absence, uh, Plummer threw two picks, was 17 to 35 for 151 yards. So, not much to be worried about there. What you do worry about with this offense is Gary Brightwell, the running back. He he's been solid this year. You know, I was really high on, on him coming into this season. I thought that he would be like a, a great replacement for JJ Taylor because he is. You know, he's fast, he's he's strong, he's big. You know, honestly, when you watch him run, he doesn't look like he's 6'1", 220, but he is. Um, and you just don't want to let him get into space. That's how Arizona gave themselves a chance to beat USC um, because they fed him the ball 21 times. He picked up 112 yards. He had 20 receiving yards as well. He was a workhorse. Since then, he has 112 yards uh, total in the other two games that he's played. So all you really want to do is just not let Gary Brightwell pick up big gains. Like as long as you're able to kind of hold him to five yards, you're, you're in great shape. And odds are with this offensive line, there will be plenty of opportunities to be knocking him down behind the line of scrimmage. You know, Arizona seriously just doesn't have a whole lot of talent um it's a down year and there have been some pretty tough years Arizona's lost 10 games in a row that dates back to last year now I mean the truth is like that last win was over Colorado and they've won three in a row against Colorado and so it's not to say that this is just going to be like some pushover game but they're just isn't a whole lot to like with this offense unless Grant Gannell is out there making plays. And even then, you know, the Buffs have done such a great job generating pressure. You know, the, the secondary has been the weak point for Colorado, but it's not like it's been all that weak. Like, there are definitely plays they want to have back, but overall, I'm not 
I'm not all that worried about Arizona. And like, I really hate saying that kind of thing. But when you look at this game, you, you look on DraftKings Sportsbook and see the spread set at seven. I, I honestly just don't understand it. <laughs> like, and and I, it probably can just be chalked up to Vegas not valuing the buffs the way that they should. You know, the buffs beat the spread in week one by 12 and a half points. Um, they, they beat the spread in week two by 12 and a half points. They beat the spread in week three by only five and a half points, you know, only 20 to 10. A bit disappointing, I guess, if you're a better. But on average, they're beating the spread by double digits. And I think that this is just another one of those lines that was poorly set. You know, Arizona's going to get some credit for how they played against USC. I went back and watched that game. It's just that USC is so sloppy that Arizona is able to get loose for a couple of big gains on the ground, a couple of big gains in the air. And if it weren't for those, the game is obviously totally different. Now, you could say that about pretty much any close game, like, oh, if it weren't for these few plays. But the thing is, I don't think the Buffs give those up. And I think USC has a penchant for giving those up. And we saw last week that Arizona wasn't able to find those big plays against UCLA. Now, they were without their quarterback for most of the game, and you can weight that however you want. But a 27-10 loss to UCLA, the same UCLA team that Colorado beat handily, you know, the score might not reflect how lopsided that game was. But don't forget that, you know, Colorado was up on UCLA 35-7, to and I don't choose to be too concerned by what happened from then on. Um, you can if you want, but Colorado, in my mind, whooped up on UCLA. UCLA did the same to Arizona. Um, Washington beat Arizona 44-27, to but Washington at one point was up 44-6. to and the again the three touchdowns late they count that's part of the game but the game was decided at 44 to 6 they were not coming all the way back from that and uh, they got stomped um USC Arizona again it was a close game USC won it 34 to 30 um i i'm i don't think USC's all that good yeah honestly that's what it is USC isn't good um they're they're, they may be talented but they are not a good football team um so that's kind of how I see that offense and kind of Arizona as a whole on the grand scheme of things but yeah I guess we haven't talked about the offensive line at all the Buffs should be able to push those guys around Washington was able to do it USC was able to do it on occasion UCLA was able to spend time in the backfield. Um, and, and to be honest, I still think Colorado has the best defensive front in the Pac-12. And so if other teams are able to do it, there's no reason to think that Colorado won't. Um, you know, this is one of the games where we talked a lot about early in the season, um, the, the technique change for the defensive line where they're now essentially just focused on penetrating rather than like dominating the line of scrimmage like building a wall sort of and letting the linebackers go make plays they're trying to get in the backfield and when everybody's just assigned a gap and told don't let anybody through that gap and the best way to do that is to get through that gap before them there is the potential for somebody to not fulfill their assignment and just out of nowhere running lane despite a a great for the most part defensive game can open up and lead to a big gain for the most part, I think that that risk is one that is certainly worth taking. 
it's these games though where you do wonder if you know that happens twice and all of a sudden you're saying wow how are we down 14 zip right now and it's just because you didn't come out prepared or whatever happened and they took advantage of it and so i do think that getting off to a hot start on both sides of the ball is going to be really important but the the truth is like that that should be the expectation and not a goal um we're going to talk defense in a second but first let's give a shout out to the good folks over at breckenridge brewery breckenridge brewery is a great place to go during this lockdown in denver um first of all because it's all socially distanced and that sort of thing but also because there's there's they've set up some things to do um they have a sledding hill for kids that is totally free to use um they have an ice skating rink that only costs three dollars if you bring your own skates six dollars if you need to rent skates um and of course you can sit there and drink beers and they have really good food and hang out while the kids go and play at that stuff um so yeah breckenridge brewery they have so many great beers the juice drop ipa is one of their newest beers and it is very good so try that Try the Strawberry Sky. So many different things that are worth trying there. So do it. Um, Also, the gyms may not be full, but there's definitely no shortage of madness this college basketball season. For us fans, the college basketball powers that be have gifted us with a top-tier matchup between two powerhouses. This weekend, Gonzaga and Baylor will be going toe-to-toe for what could be the nation's top ranking. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is bringing you closer to the action with these can't-miss offers. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all college basketball fans who sign up now the chance to win $100 when betting on either Gonzaga or Baylor to win this Clash of Titans. Plus, you'll get a deposit bonus up to $1,000 when signing up using promo code DNVR. DraftKings Sportsbook has endless ways for you to bet, from live betting to betting on your favorite players. They do it all. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up for your shot to turn $1 into $100 when betting on either Gonzaga or Baylor to win. That's right, bet $1 to win $100. Use promo code DNVR during sign-up to take advantage of these great offers. For a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Bonus comprised by first deposit bonus and a first bet match. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Okay. Um... So the Arizona defense, again, like these aren't the most in-depth breakdowns of this team, mostly because there honestly isn't all that much to talk about. Like basically anywhere you look on the roster, there are problems for Arizona. Um, The defensive line, I mean, there are two guys out there who are big enough and like look like defensive linemen. And occasionally like just being big is good enough for them to be productive in a way. But for the most part, like, they aren't doing much. And 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 that's true of the defensive line. It's true of the linebackers. It's true in the secondary. Like, they just don't have guys out there who are making plays. Like, if Colorado wanted to, like, I bet they could just run zone runs all day and be just fine. Because, like, yeah, there might be, like, some issue with just how big a couple of those guys are. But when you're running a zone scheme, like, the holes open themselves. 
the running back just goes wherever there's room for him to go. And that room it just naturally develops where there are weak spots. And to be honest, like I, it's it's not that I'm like concerned about running at uh, the big guys. As I go through the roster, I mean, it, when you watch the, them, it looks like there's two big guys, but I guess there are two that are 300 pounds and there's one that's like 290. So it's not that big of a difference. He just looks a lot smaller. Um, it's just that like, it like they aren't, the team has one sack this season, you know, and that is pretty telling. And they're they like the tackle for loss numbers are better. You know, uh, Jalen Harris, he's a starter for him. That's Jason Harris, the buff outside linebackers, big brother. He has two and a half tackles for loss and they have a guy with three and a half. And, you know, Aaron Blackwell's one of those defensive linemen. He has a couple like it's, you're just not really scared of anything like the, the, it, it should be pretty easy when you run like the zone running scheme to just say like, okay, they're probably going hard in with, it. you don't need to like isolate and go after one guy because that's where the weakness is because it's not that it's all weaknesses, but for the most part, it's just like all weaknesses. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's honestly like my overall assessment. Like, I mean, as much as I'd like to just dig into important matchups, there really aren't many. I mean, the important matchup is just like continue to be as good as you are doing the things you're good at. Like, there's a, there's a reason that Arizona is giving up 230 rushing yards a game. It's because you can just run at them and it will work basically every time. And the defense best in the Pac-12. And making, like, a, a, a reasonable claim to be number one. Like, it, it, it's not that big of a stretch. Um, though there's still, like, time left, and Colorado hasn't taken on the best opponents. But when you have, like, a team that is potentially the best in the trenches on both sides of the ball combined, going up a team that I think is pretty obviously the worst in the conference in the tre- trenches... <sighs> I mean, it doesn't take a genius to see where this game should be going. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, basically all I really have to say about Arizona and this matchup. Um, I guess we could talk betting a little bit. Actually, let's call this the uh, DraftKings Pick of the Week. Usually we do these at the end of the show. Um, But let's jump in now um, because my pick of the week is Colorado. The spread right now is at 7. That is a good value. So, Take that. If you're getting greedy, maybe sell some points. You know, see if you can bump that over to nine and a half, or maybe thirteen and a half. Say it's a two touchdown win. Um, get a little bit extra value if you want. I'm gonna split my bet between the money li- or not the money line, the the spread and one of these alternate spreads. Um, but this should be pretty close to a lock. Um, I really don't like the rest of the Pac-12 games in terms of betting. I really like them in terms of like watchability. I think uh, the Arizona State game against UCLA is going to be a lot of fun. I think Arizona State's better, except that they've only played one game, and that was in week one. And they've since lost like half of the secondary to opt-outs or like other sorts of things like injuries. And we don't really know what to expect from them. Meanwhile, UCLA is pretty hot. And I, I mean, I think there's a good chance that they're going to take down USC in the last week of the season. 
And I think that that means there has to be a decent chance that they'll get Arizona State this week too. Arizona State, three-point favorite. They're the better team, I think. But with all the changes and without the lack of practice, I'm not willing to put any money on that. And it's not enough to get me on UCLA side either. Um, there's actually going to be like dual Pac-12 after dark action. That game's at 8.30. Oregon State, Utah is also at 8.30. Oregon State, 11.5 point underdog. And part of the reason why is that they lost Tristan Gebbia. And you know what? We don't do this often, but the Pac-12 refs have had some pretty low points this season. And this Oregon-Oregon State game was the lowest. They didn't decide the outcome. What happened was Oregon State had the ball, very little time on the clock, needed to get a touchdown, and they were up near the goal line. They tried a QB sneak with their quarterback, Tristan Gebbia, and Gebbia got in. They called it not in. It's a review of something at the goal line, so everything's congested. You can't tell for sure whether he got in, and so they had to do it again. They had to go to, like, second down or third down or whatever, and on the next play, they try it again, and Gebbia gets hurt, and the injury is going to keep him out the rest of the year, and it's on a play that never should have happened in the first place because he very clearly scored. Like, he was in by... A lot. And Oregon State still got their win. They were able to punch it in. Um, it was actually like the first action for the quarterback who subbed in. And I think it was his first play. He scores a touchdown in a huge rivalry game. So that part of the story is cool. The part where Tristan Gebby is done for the year, not cool. Because he was in the running for Pac-12 quarterback of the year. If that's like a real thing. Um, so it sucks that he's not playing. That's part of the reason why Utah's favored by 11 and a half. And I would have loved, like even even if Oregon State was favored in this game, I, w- I would have loved to have still taken Oregon State. But without a quarterback, you just can't bet on this. And that's, I mean, this is the kind of stuff on all these games. Like it's just so hard to pick a side. Oregon by nine against Cal. Yeah, I like it. But they've also struggled to like put teams away. I mean, they did a decent job against Washington State and Stanford, but they didn't against UCLA, and they lost to Oregon State. And so nine points, I'm not really sure I can commit to that, especially with Tyler Shook kind of coming back to earth at quarterback. Stanford and Washington. Washington is an 11.5-point favorite. It's just so many points, Um, especially because I don't think Utah is very good at all. And Washington beat Utah by three. Um, They beat Oregon State by six. You know, they did cover, but that was against Arizona um, by 17 points. That's the only time they would have hit that number. Washington's a good football team. I just don't know that they're a team that blows other teams out all that often. Um, And then the only other game we haven't talked about in the Pac-12, Washington State and USC. USC favored by 13. Washington State... Um, honestly, like this, this is the one where I could see myself placing a bet outside of the Colorado game in the Pac-12. Um, Washington State with Delora, Jaden Delora, he's been really good as a freshman quarterback. They've been a, a fun watch for sure. Um, lost by fourteen to Oregon, beat Oregon State by ten. 
had some time off, and that makes it kind of tough to bet on them. But now they're back in action playing USC. USC, another team that doesn't really put teams away. Not only did they not put teams away, they easily could have lost either of the first two games. They should have lost that first game. Um, they didn't deserve a win there. Um, and so that 13 points, Washington State, that's probably a good bet, um, Washington State to cover, but it's a Sunday game. They're on the road. It's a freshman quarterback. They're going up against potentially uh, the the most talented team in the conference. And it does kind of feel like at some point USC has to be able to put the pieces together. They haven't done it in years, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, maybe maybe take Washington State. If you're looking for more action or if you really want to just fade USC, Washington State, not a bad bet. Um, so that's it in the Pac-12 since I told you all the things I'm not going to bet on, I feel like I should probably tell you about a couple of bets I do think could be uh, pretty good. Um, which means I need to jump back into here. Okay, there we go. Um, BYU minus 10 playing Coastal Carolina. I think that that or Colorado is my favorite bet of the week. Um, uh, BYU is just that much better than Coastal Carolina, and I'm confident in that. Um, and you know, they've, they've, they're a team that does put teams away and they've done that over and over and over again. I mean, I think they've only had like one or two games actually were single digits and sure. Coastal Carolina is probably the best team that they've played this season, but they have played one ranked team, Boise state, and they won that game 51 to 17. I don't think that this is going to be 51 to 17, but I do think that BYU is going to win by double digits. Um, this one, I kind of hate bringing up. Michigan State's playing Ohio State. It's a 24-point spread, and I just think that's too much. Um, again, don't love to say it, but 24 points is a lot of points. First of all, Ohio State's only beaten a team by 24 points all season, once all season. And that means you probably don't expect to see it again this week. Um, maybe you can talk yourself into this being like a, a big game for them. The, they have a tough path to get into the Big Ten title game, but they're undefeated and still in the college football playoff picture as of now. And so maybe they do just have like this bone to pick and they're trying to put out another statement win. But I just don't think that that's what that team is. And Michigan State sure they've gotten embarrassed a couple of times but they also have two wins over ranked opponents in the last three weeks I don't think they're going to beat Ohio State but I do think that they can keep it within 20 um so that does seem like pretty good value um let's do one more Florida playing Tennessee I think that Florida minus 17 and a half is a great value they got Kyle Pitts the best tight end in college football maybe the best tight end in college football history he's having a historic season um He's, he was back last week, came back from injury, put up three touchdowns. I mean, he should be able to do some real work again this week. And they have all the other weapons. They have an offense that's scoring an insane number of points. Um, and, and I do think that this could be another game where they put up 60. And in that case, you need Tennessee to put up 44. And that's not going to happen. And even if they don't get 60, they should be able to win this game by 20 against a pretty bad Tennessee team so there's some betting advice for you and um, we need to pay just one more bill now Strava Craft Coffee is the best coffee that you'll find anywhere for a whole bunch of reasons 
Um, that's CBD infused, which means that it's good for you on a deeper level than just like waking you up. So that's pretty cool. Um, and uh, also it's just like really good coffee. And so those are a couple of the reasons why I think it's so great. Um, you can get 20% off of every single order from Strava Craft Coffee. If you subscribe to a product, you can get like ground beans or whole beans or K-cups. Basically, any form that coffee comes in, you can get that. And they'll deliver the, that to you every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks. And you get 20% off every time. You don't have to like click through every time. There's no more going to the grocery store because you are running out of coffee. You will never run out of coffee again because they just bring it to you. Uh, it's very convenient. Um, and if you aren't ready to commit to that level of coffee then commit to a lesser level of coffee and get 20% off your first order from Strava Craft using code DNVR20. Uh, it's great stuff. CBD is also great stuff. And uh, what, in, what a nice way to put it in you. Just through coffee every morning. Good stuff. Okay, uh, before we get out of here, I just want to talk about a couple of buffs who I will be watching tomorrow. Um, some guys who I'm excited to see, uh, obviously I have to start with the linebackers with Nate Landman and Carson Wells. Nate is on an incredible pace. And if he keeps doing what he's been doing for two or three more weeks, then he's going to be first team all conference again. And, uh, he'll have a real shot at winning the butt kiss award and some other national postseason hardware. So he, uh, he's past the halfway point and just kind of needs to keep it up in these last few games. Carson Wells has been nearly as productive as Nate Landman has. Um, in fact, only, I think, two players? I think two players in the country have more pass breakups per game than Carson Wells, which is pretty crazy when you consider that he's a linebacker. On top of that, he's gotten like a pick. He's gotten into the backfield quite a bit, gotten some sacks, a bunch of tackles for loss. Uh, he has really taken a step up this week or this season, and he's going to be fun to watch this weekend. Um, expecting big days out of both of those two, especially if Arizona's stuck without its starting quarterback. Um, and then on the offensive side of the ball, these receivers, um, these receivers and these running backs, I think that this is kind of the storyline that I'm going to be clinging to, uh, is that like, we just don't even really know who's going to be on the field. You know, I, I asked Carl Durrell yesterday, no Wednesday, today's Friday, um, how he uses his receivers. You know, we've been talking for a couple weeks about how with the running backs, it's kind of Jarek Broussard locked into that number one spot, which of course he's breaking records every week. But then behind him, there's kind of a competition every week for the number two spot. I think that Jaron Mangum should be used every week. He, to me, is the best goal line back. It, that really hurts his numbers. You know, there was a sequence, I can't, was it last week or the week before? I think it was the week before where, you know, it's first and goal from the five-yard line. They feed the ball to uh, Jaron. He picks up four yards. They feed him again. He gets the last yard in the touchdown. But then when you look in the box score, that whole sequence counts as two and a half yards per carry. And it counts twice, which is going to bring you down from the number that you're posting up to that point. Um, and so I do think that it's worth noting that if you're just going through and looking at the box scores, not everything in this running back competition 
is going to be balanced because truthfully when you include the fact that he got that touchdown like those should be worth like at least five yards per carry like if yards per carry was some sort of advanced stat that was used to just grade the efficiency of running backs jaron probably would have gotten like five or six or seven yards for those because they were very hard earned yards it's not the same thing as running between the 20s against a light box and i do think that when you are running between the 20s against a light box, Jaron Mangum might not be the direction you want to go. But figuring out which situations you want to use these running backs in is just as important as figuring out which running backs belong on the field. And I think that this is probably the week that we do see Ashad Clayton take a lot of those between the 20s reps. I mean, a lot is in being the, the guy who's out there when Jarek Broussard isn't, which is probably good for 8 or 10 touches. Um, I think that he's due for some opportunities just because that's a part of the field. I mean, the majority of the field that the buffs haven't been able to take advantage of when Jarek Broussard isn't in the game. Um, so that's something I'm going to be watching for. And then with the receivers, how do they shake out? Because I asked Carl, like I said, a couple days ago, um, how he sees that working is this like the running backs a situation where it's basically whoever had the best week of practice is going to be the one who sees the field and he said that first of all there's a bit of a difference because you can fit more guys on the field and he says that there are eight wide receivers who deserve to be a part of the rotation um, and and he thinks that they've put together a pretty healthy rotation primarily Darren Cheverini that will let everybody get some opportunities um and I do think that this the hierarchy is going to be shifting every week. Um, we saw last week Levante Chenault get his first career start, and he put up 66 yards on five catches to be the Buffs' leading receiver. Um, Katie Nixon came back. You know, Maurice Bell was out of the starting lineup. Daniel Arias was out of the starting lineup. And I do think that we're going to see more fluctuation Um and as of right now, I do think that Vontae Chenault's going to be getting the bulk of the reps. Um, I do think that he has kind of solidified himself. Um, whether Brendan Rice is, is a key part, that's kind of up in the air. Um, I don't know, but it's something to pay attention to, you know, where all these snaps are going. Um, and then one more place to look is just at quarterback. You know, Sam Neuer, he was, a, he was an all-Pac-12 caliber quarterback through the first two weeks wasn't like the same like superhero that he's been last week but still definitely got the job done missed a couple of throws you don't love to see it but he's done enough positive things to this point that I'm really not concerned at the same time though just want to see him continue to do what he's been doing um, you don't want to see him continue to slide a little bit and have to be in a situation where he feels like he's trying to prove himself again because he should be past that point given what he's done on the field. Um, but just something to keep a little eye on. Um, and that's really what I'm going to be watching. Um, linebackers on one side, maybe take a little peek at the defensive line. The truth is, like, defensive line, offensive line, they should have no trouble at all against Arizona. Um, and I don't mean that as, like, a, a jinx or anything, but just, like, saying this is a good matchup. They've they've performed well against worse teams, and so you got to expect them to keep it up when they play a team like Arizona. Um, I think that's going to do it for this show. I'll be back tomorrow 
with uh, Ryan Konigsberg, Ben Gerding, uh, talking about this football game right after it happens. You'll be able to watch that on YouTube, on the DNVR YouTube page. Uh, you can also go to the DNVR Twitter feed. Actually, no, it's on the DNVR Buffs Twitter feed, and it'll be playing there live as well, but not quite as smooth as it will be on YouTube. So do what you will with all that info. Uh, there's a chance that we'll be going live between the basketball game and the football game. Um kind of just depends on how that timing works out and how much space there is to talk. Uh, but be on the lookout for that too. And uh, if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, you have the notifications turned on, then it'll just tell you if there's something to watch, which is super convenient and a nice feature. So do that. Um, so yeah, I'll be back tomorrow and uh, we'll see you after the game. I think they like my Colorado sway when I'm in it play.
think they like my Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. My Colorado swag. Man, I swear I think they like my Colorado swag.